Good morning. Welcome to those who are joining us online today as well. Uh, we are entering into our second week of our Matthew series for the summer, and we are in uh, Matthew chapter 3 today. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app and you'd like to follow along with what I'm talking about today, we are going to cover the whole of chapter 3, uh, which I have summed up with the title, The Gunk and the Glory. And here's why. Uh, one day in May, on a Friday, my day off, I was putting in some time on the never-ending project of painting the inside of my garage, which I bought the townhouse in 2008 and discovered that none of the interior garage surfaces that the house was built in 1980 had ever been painted. And so as I started trying to paint the inside of the garage, I realized how startling it was, how much paint all of those surfaces would suck up and absorb the ceiling, the concrete block, the sheetrock walls, the wooden shelves. There's lots and lots of homemade wooden shelves that are braced on the floor and nailed to the walls, which I've loved until I started to try to paint them. Don't love them as much now. Uh, but I've decided that every summer I would choose another section to tackle of all those surfaces, and I'm guessing I'll be done in about 2025. That's kind of what I'm guessing. But on this particular day, I was painting shelves, and I had my garage door open for some ventilation, and the rain started to fall. Do you remember rain? Remember that? That was good stuff. Anyway, it started to fall, and then it started to pound. And before long, I could tell there was something wrong, because usually the rain just rolls off the roof and into the gutters and then down through the downspout and then off onto the, the grass where it could do some good. But now the downspout was silent and dry, and instead the rain was just pouring down all the way along the gutter right in front of my garage and then piling up, pounding up, and then splashing into my garage, which was not ideal. So obviously something was obstructing the system the way that it's usually supposed to work. And it wasn't very hard for me to guess what that was because I have these trees that throw off all kinds of gunk uh, so I knew what the problem was in those gutters. I just didn't know exactly where it was. So I immediately grabbed my ladder and my gutter sweeper tool, which was a gift from my dad, and I ran out into the pouring rain, at which point the intense wet reminded me that a raincoat would be a good idea here. So already wet, I ran back into the house, got the raincoat, climbed up the ladder, and with my gutter tool, I went up and down the gutter, too high above my head for me to be able to see it, until suddenly the downspout spewed out some gunk into the grass along with a powerful rush of water. And with the water diverted, that deluge pouring in front of my garage just returned to the normal pitter-pat of rain. And by that time, I was soaked as a drowned rat, but I was also feeling ridiculously satisfied to see that gutter flowing like it was supposed to. And as I climbed off that ladder, standing there dripping and smiling, I thought about today's message about baptism. You see, John the Baptist's job was to point out to people that the kingdom of heaven was about to come near in power, but that currently there was some gunk in their lives that might stop up the flow of the message and keep them from experiencing the fullness of what the kingdom reign was meant to deliver to them. So in the dry and desert region, John makes his way to the flowing waters of the Jordan River, and he tells people it's time to repent, to wash out the gunk, and prepare the way for the Lord. You see, we too were designed with a purpose, to be vessels of the power and the presence of the Lord who created us, who loves us, who's with us. And he has things he wants to do in us and through us. But the stuff of this world can so easily clog up our hearts and our minds and our ears, 
and the confused jumble of it can crowd out what we actually need most. So John, in the wilderness, startles people by his weirdness, barking at them, are you confused? Are you unclear? That means it's time to check for gunk. And that's what repenting looks like. To take a look at our lives and realize we've got a collection of our world's gunk taking up heart space right in the path of everything the Lord wants to give us. To recognize there is a power, a life-giving force of God's forgiveness, grace, and presence that is available to us, that's come near to us in the dry and weary land in which we live. To repent is to recognize the gunk and dare step into the deluge and give it a shove out of the way. I don't want that. I want what you want to give me, God. Let it rain. Prepare the way for the Lord. And as you might guess, stepping into that gunk, confessing, repenting, it's never fun, rarely pleasant. But when the freedom comes, even if you're soaking wet, you're smiling to the bone. Jesus said he's the source of living water. And if you think about that, it's a fitting metaphor for the kingdom because eventually water will make a way, whether you prepare for anything or not. Enough rain can carve the Grand Canyon. And even if your gutter backs up, that water is still coming down somewhere, right, with power. The kingdom of God has come in Jesus, and the kingdom of God will come to you. There's no stopping it. Philippians 2 tells us, one day every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There will be a day when all the gunk of this world as we know it will pass away to make room for a new kingdom to be ushered in in power. And that kingdom has begun in Jesus. That kingdom will come no matter what on earth attempts to clog or muddy it. It will come. But how it will come in you and in me, that's the question we're being asked to consider. And that's what John the Baptist is trying to prepare people for, that God's kingdom is on the move. So John the Baptist proposes a baptism of repentance, and that is about the intention to clean out the gunk and prepare yourself for what the Lord wants to bring instead. So what is that gunk? Things that you regret doing? Things that you know you should have done but didn't, your guilt, your doubts, your distractions. Things that have become idols in your life that take up your time and your investment and your heart. Selfish things that you put your time into that bless uh, only yourself rather than your relationship with God and others. Absorption with self, even in the form of excessive fear or worry or anxiety from things of the world, can be gunk. Things that pull your attention away from what the Lord wants to show you and give you. So to name these things before God, to confess them, to desire to be rid of their gunky influence on your spirit, is to open yourself to a new move from God's grace to fill you instead. That's repentance. And repentance is something we can do on purpose. John's baptism for repentance is about what we can do, prepare the way. But that can be kind of confusing for us sometimes because Jesus also calls us to a baptism into his kingdom. But his baptism is a, is a different one. He calls us to be baptized not in the name of our own good intentions, but into the name and the power of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And these two baptisms are very different things. John's baptism of repentance is to deep cleaning what the baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is to adoption. The need to clean happens very regularly. 
Adoption is God's action for you, and it's yours forever. You can redo a baptism of repenting every 10 minutes if you'd like. We all probably need it. You don't ever have to redo your baptism into the adoption of Jesus' kingdom because that baptism is not about your work. It's about his work that has been done for you. And even if you fall away from your part in that relationship, you can trust he won't drop his. Think about the story Jesus told about the prodigal son in the book of Luke. Every prodigal who has been claimed as part of the family but runs away from it, when finally returning, will find the father is already running to you with arms open wide. In baptism in his name, you can trust that God will uphold his side of the promise. And you can also trust that you won't. <laughs> not perfectly. That's why the foundation of this adoption is on his work, not ours. We are all sinners who are made saints by Jesus' redeeming work on our behalf. And the truth is, all of us are going to need a lot of grace and forgiveness and repenting and redirection every day that we live as we seek to walk in his way and to grow as his children. And that's no surprise to God. That's what he expects. That's why he gave us a savior. That's why he gives us his Holy Spirit. Because we're not meant to live as many gods who are sufficient in our own righteousness, but as imperfect living vessels of the power and the presence of the one true God who is at work in us and through us. We rely on his grace and his love to be our foundation. And it's so important for us to realize that because if we think our part of being part of the family depends on us never making any more mistakes for which we need to repent, we will live miserable and ashamed. <laughs> and that's not, not the good news that Jesus came to give us. The truth is when we look for righteousness in ourselves, what we'll see is the gunk. But when we look to Jesus we'll find that we've been given his righteousness and a glory that comes through his grace alone. So repentance then is continually turning our focus away from the gunk to embrace instead the glory of grace only Jesus provides us day by day. And it's so important that we know the difference of what we can do and what the, only the Lord can do. Because if we don't see that difference, we miss the miracle of what Jesus has done for us. The difference between these two baptisms, we can see this in Acts chapter 19. When Paul was in Ephesus, he discovered people there who had only had the baptism of John, baptism into repentance, their own willpower. And so instead, he baptized them in the name of Jesus. And they received the power of the Holy Spirit in order to live as disciples. It was a whole different beginning. John himself says in Matthew 3, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So John the Baptist is saying when the Messiah comes, he's the one who's going to be in charge of dealing with the gunk through the Holy Spirit's fire. I'm just the warm-up act. He's the real deal. So when Jesus goes to John to be baptized in Matthew 3, John is confused because he says to Jesus, but you don't have any gunk to clean. What do you need me for? And Jesus' response is basically in the Angie translation is to say, well, let's do this anyway because I want to model for people that this humility, this desire to receive from God is where their God is going to meet them in my name. 
I want to show the world I identify with the sin of humanity to meet them there so I can set them free for a new life with a new foundation. So I admit that translation borrows from a lot of other scriptures <laughs> than what Jesus said. But that's basically what Jesus, I believe, he means when he comes there. So John proceeds to baptize Jesus like he's done others for repentance. But with Jesus, it's immediately clear this is different. Because in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, only the Gospel of Matthew uses the phrase kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And in the moment of Jesus' ba baptism in the book of Matthew, that's what the crowd see and hear. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all present for Jesus' baptism. From heaven, they hear the voice of the Father, this is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus, the Son, is physically present on earth, offering his life in sacrificial love, standing in for us, for the people of the world. And as heaven is opened, God, the Holy Spirit, descends and lands on Jesus in the form of a dove. And there's no mistaking this symbol. Do you remember the story of Noah and the flood? When the world was drowned because of sin and a massive do-over, and Noah and his family, the only remaining members of humanity, are waiting on the ark, on the ship, waiting for a sign that the world is going to begin again. How were they going to know that the time had come that they could dare step off the ship into a brand new world? It was through a dove. A dove that was released into the world that came to them with an olive branch to prove there was a new world emerging, even if they hadn't seen it yet. And that world would receive them. They could step into a new life and begin again. So here with Jesus' baptism, so it begins. The new kingdom is emerging, and the Holy Spirit comes to show us, too, there is a new world on the other side of these baptismal waters. You might not see it yet, but it's here, and it's growing. And by faith, you're invited to step into it with Jesus. Because Jesus came as God's rescue plan for us, so that the gunk of the world's sin sickness, including ours, can be put to death and washed away by his sacrifice, so that we can be raised to new life with him, claimed by this God who has saved us and set us on a rock to live a new life with him. And in baptism, we begin a lifelong journey of learning what it means to lean on this Savior and to walk with him day by day, knowing that as we walk this life, we are going to experience the constant need of being de-gunkified, because that's what it means to be a human being in this fallen world. But our hope isn't in our ability to stay pristine in this life. It's in the one who gave his life so we could be part of his now and forever. To repent and do better, remove the gunk, that's the call of John the Baptist. And as he clearly confesses, he is not the Savior. So people who think repent and do better is the whole message of Christianity, they've completely missed why Jesus had to come. Because our salvation takes the movement of someone other than us. Someone who comes to meet us with his power. Jesus, too, calls us to repentance, but his call is turn around because your rescuer is here. He baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And it's his job to sort out the gunk and the goodness in me, not mine. Instead, day by day, I turn trusting to the risen Christ and pray, forgive me, renew me, lead me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. And through his Holy Spirit, that's what he does. 
in us and through us. You see, our Savior comes as a good shepherd, and if you will surrender to his rescue, he'll carry you where you can't walk. He'll bring you to pastures of his grace that are inaccessible by your power, but are accessed in joy when you're held in his arms. And with that, I think it's really fitting that we're celebrating our graduates today, because in these last couple of years, graduates, you have seen an awful lot of gunk build up, <laughs> bringing with it a lot of anxiety and worry and concern about the future. And there have been so many places where you could have been tempted to think that your value is in your ability to soar above the expectations that other people have for you. And that also brings so many opportunities to feel overwhelmed when trying to be what other people expect you to be proves to be out of your reach. So hear the good news, graduates. You are eternally valuable to God, gunk and all. He expects that you will need his grace whether you win or whether you lose, when you run and when you fall, and he delights in you every time you cry out to him. He'll be with you every step of the way through the hard times and the good times because your successes and your failures here in the eyes of the world will not matter in eternity. What will matter is the one who walked it with you, the one you leaned on on this journey. We're all sinners saved by grace, and we're all called just to be vessels of his life-giving power poured out for the world in whatever way he can use us. You are worth Jesus coming on a rescue mission to die for, to rise for, to call you to himself forever. And when you're his, even when you find yourself in gunky places, his Holy Spirit will lead you one step at a time. So don't ever think your relationship with God depends on your ability to achieve something because Jesus did the achieving for you already. He is Savior. Your role is simply to receive, rejoice, and be renewed as you pour out that same kind of grace to others around you. His love is a life-giving flood. So as you live in a world full of gunk, recognize it in yourself and the world around you. And when you see that clogging up your ability to receive the Lord's grace for you, shove it out of the way, repent, and receive as he does his work in you. Rest securely in the God who has claimed you, and Jesus who forgives and saves you, and the Holy Spirit who embraces you to receive his love and guidance every single day. Because the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom is coming that we haven't seen in fullness yet, but the Holy Spirit calls us to see that it has begun. And it's time to step out of the boat and live into it with Jesus. So in his name and his grace, Let's follow him forward. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your promise that in baptism in your name, you started a journey with us of adoption that we live into all our life long, trusting and knowing that your work alone saves us, your Holy Spirit leads us, that you are the foundation, the cornerstone, the rock under our feet. So Lord, help us to grow from that foundation through your love. And as we trust you, help us to live a life full of repentance. Help us to see this week what's been gunking up the works of our hearts, our faith, our trust, and surrender those things to you. Remind us, Jesus, that your grace and your love are our foundation and your Holy Spirit our power. Help us to see how you're calling us to be people of a new kingdom and a world that needs to see your amazing grace. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>